welcome to another episode of But Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Courtney. In today's episode, we're going to be doing a deep dive into what led to the Vietnam War. Not what started the actual war and conflict, which is the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, but like, why were non-Asian country armies even there? And for all of you that know what's about to happen, it's about colonizers. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. For many students in America, our high school U.S. history classes tend to fizz out on the details post-World War II other than going into civil rights. That's about all we learn about um, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson's presidency. I know I didn't have a teacher touch on Vietnam until I was a history student in college. When many think of Vietnam, we think of the at-home protests, Forrest Gump, and other movies after the 70s that showed the war through different angles, the casualties of soldiers, the forced draft and draft dodgers, PTSD, and more that came with the conflict. But why was the U.S. even involved in what was going on in Vietnam? That wasn't in the U.S.'s sphere of influence, like South America, nor was Vietnam a contender in World War II or World War I. So the long and short about the war or conflict, potato, potato, the Vietnam War took place from 1955 to 1975. It was fought between the communist-led North Vietnam, which was backed by the Soviet Union, as well as China, and South Vietnam, which was supported and backed and trained by the United States. This televised bloody conflict had its roots in French colonial rule and an independence movement driven by the communist leader Ho Chi Minh. So, time for all the fun history that your girl loves to talk about. So I'm sorry, not sorry, if you are like, I don't even want to listen to Vietnam stuff today. I'm sorry, you might as well just like put this on mute, just let my lovely episode play out to get me that wonderful view. However, if you really want to know why the U.S. was in Vietnam other than just being world police, this is a great, in my opinion, deep dive into what actually happened. Before the French even arrived and started bossing the Vietnamese around, they were ruled by Chinese emperors. The emperors ruled by collecting modest taxes, and they taught the Vietnamese people how to grow and harvest rice, which is an incredibly hard process. Those on the local level that were in charge were usually from the area and well-liked and educated. France didn't just one day go, I'ma move in, make space for me. Starting around the 1650s, missionaries started traveling there and were welcomed initially. The missionaries' connections to skills and trade, including access to weapons, made it a beneficial relationship for both sides. Missionaries did convert many Vietnamese to Catholicism. The establishment of the French East India Company helped France gain a foothold officially in the area in 1668 after establishing trade in camps or ports. Unlike the Chinese, when French soldiers, traders, or priests were attacked, they would take their revenge and aggressions for these attacks and deaths on the Vietnamese villages. Whenever there was resistance, the French used that as a reasoning to expand their presence and power until eventually they controlled all aspects of Vietnam. The Vietnamese people were forced to grant special privileges to the French, as well as surrender control of their own lands. France would intentionally fight the rival nations to Vietnam. When they won, they would then claim more and more land in the Southeast Asian area. They would also replace local leaders with French nationals, which is what many European countries did in the 1800s when they were promoting nationalism and conquering all these lands that already had inhabitants. By 1925, 5,000 or so Frenchmen ruled over 30 million Vietnamese. While France did help modernize the country, they still oppressed and ruled like the colonizers they were. By 1877, France officially founded French Indochina, which included Tonkin, Annam, Cochin, China, and Cambodia, 
Laos was later added in 1893. When France first inhabited Vietnam, Catholic French missionaries were incredibly interested in journeying there to convert the Vietnamese to Catholicism, as the Spanish missionaries did in the Americas. Merchants from France saw the opportunity to build an empire with raw goods from Vietnam. This includes rice, coffee, tea, and rubber. And France itself saw the need to establish a presence in Southeast Asia, creating in their mind a military stronghold. Until the 1890s, France was spending more to maintain control of this area than they were receiving in revenue. And after two world wars in the early 20th century, France was unable to keep control of the area. France lost control of their colony briefly during World War II when Japanese troops occupied Vietnam. The Japanese military entered Vietnam in September of 1940 and remained there until the end of World War II around August 1945. French colonial administrators remained in charge for most of this period until the Japanese assumed control in 1945. The main objective of the Japanese was to prevent China from importing arms and fuel through French Indochina along the modernized railway that France had built. Although an agreement had been reached between the French and the Japanese governments prior to the outbreak of fighting, authorities were unable to control events on the ground for several days before the troops stood down. As per the prior agreement, Japan was allowed to occupy Tonkin in the northern Indochina and thus effectively blockade China. While the fighting between Japan and France was happening over that control of Vietnam, an independence movement was forming under Ho Chi Minh, a revolutionary leader inspired by Lenin's Bolshevik Revolution. He established the League for the Independence of Vietnam, better known as the Viet Minh, in May of 1941. So let's take a little bit of a step back and talk about Ho Chi Minh. He was born Nguyen Sinh Khung. I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. I totally apologize in advance. But he was born Nguyen Sinh Khung on May 19, 1890, in a village in central Vietnam, then part of French Indochina. He attended the National Academy in Hu before being expelled for protesting against Emperor Bao Dai and French influence in Indochina. In 1911, he found work as a cook on a French steamer and spent the next several years at sea, traveling to Africa, the United States, and Britain. Inspired by the success of Vladimir Lenin's Bolshevik Revolution, he joined the new French Communist Party in 1920 and traveled to Moscow three years later. He soon began recruiting members of a Vietnamese nationalist movement that would form the basis of the Indochinese Communist Party, founded in Hong Kong in 1930, and he, they traveled the world, including Brussels, Paris, and Siam, where he worked as a representative of the Communist International Organization. When Germany defeated France during World War II in 1940, Ho saw it was an opportunity for the Vietnamese nationalist cause. With his lieutenants, Ho returned to Vietnam in January 1941 and organized the Viet Minh, or League for the Independence of Vietnam. Forced to seek China's aid for the new organization, Ho was imprisoned for 18 months by Chiang Kai-shek's anti-communist government. Chiang Kai-shek was the leader of the Republic of China before Mao and communist control. With the Allied victory in 1945, Japanese forces were forced to withdraw from Vietnam, leaving the French-educated Emperor Bao Dao, Bao, I'm pretty sure it's Dai, Bao Dai, let's go, let's go with Bao Dai, in control of an independent Vietnam. Well, obviously, Ho Chi Minh and his followers were like, oh, hell no. Ho Chi Minh declared Vietnam's independence from France on September 2nd, 1945, just hours after Japan surrendered in World War II. When the French rejected his plan, because, again, they were part of the Allies that beat 
um, the Japanese and they were like, hold on, we want our profits back. We want, we want our spoils that, you know, we had you know lost because we lost to Germany anyways, but whatever, that's the French. So again, when the French rejected his plan, the Viet Minh resorted to guerrilla warfare to fight for an independent Vietnam. The Viet Minh forced the seize a northern city of Hanoi and declared a democratic state of Vietnam, known commonly as North Vietnam. And Ho was then elected as president. Seeing what is happening around him, Mao Dai abdicated in favor of the revolution. He straight up was like, I see what's going on. I see that the people want this. I'm out. The fact that you have a leader that had been put up by another country that was like, yo, this is not going well, should have been like a little precursor. However, the French military groups gained control of southern Vietnam, including Saigon, and Chiang Kai-shek's Chinese forces moved into the north according to the terms of an allied agreement. Ho began negotiations with the French in efforts to achieve a Chinese withdrawal as well as eventual French recognition of Vietnam's independence and reunification of North and South Vietnam. The conflict between the French and the Viet Minh came to a head at the decisive Battle of Dien Binh Phu, fought from March 13 to May 7, 1954, when the French lost to the Viet Minh, marking the end of the French role in Vietnam. The French was like, all right, we, get, we, we don't have enough military after World War II, we don't have enough funds after World War II. We're out. So the question of who would rule Vietnam and how drew the interest of world superpowers who watched the situation in Vietnam with growing unease. Why were they watching and being creepers? Because of communism. Ho Chi Minh saw what communism did for the lower classes in Russia after the Bolshevik Revolution and wanted to see that growth and change for his own countrymen. After two world wars, Countries were no longer allowed to just exist without getting permission from the powers that be, a.k.a. the top five of the United Nations. Specifically, non-communist countries were scared about the spread of communism in Asia and wanted to stick their nose where it didn't belong. Diplomats from the United States, the USSR, now Russia, as well as all the little countries that they had occupied to make the USSR, the People's Republic of China, communism, the United Kingdom, North and South Korea, and France, as well as representatives from the Viet Minh, which is northern Vietnam, the state of Vietnam, which is southern Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos were in attendance at the Geneva Conference. The Geneva Accords were signed in July of 1954, and this split Vietnam at the 17th parallel, the latitude line for those that don't know. North Vietnam would be ruled by Ho Chi Minh's communist government, and South Vietnam would be led by Emperor Bao Dao. Bao Dai. Remember, he had already abdicated because he realized what was going on and that he didn't want to lose his head. He didn't really probably want to be a part of a war, especially after you see all of what happened in the rest of Southeast Asia, including China and Japan, when it came to World War II and how they had that infighting and all the disaster and atrocities that happened there, as well as Europe. He was like, I don't want this here. No one really wants it there except for everybody else. So an election was scheduled in two years time so in 1956, um, to, that would help unify Vietnam. But the U.S., fearful that a national election would lead to communist rule, ensured it would never take place. Remember I said this conflict started in 1955? Yeah, well, the division of Vietnam ultimately led to the Vietnam War, but it may not have happened if Korea had not fallen to a North and South state and that the U.S. hadn't gone and effectively, quote unquote, lost. Vietnam did not occur in a vacuum of time. Nay, nay. This was during the Cold War. Tensions between the U.S. and the Soviet Union were at an all-time high. 
Mao Zedong had proclaimed the creation of the People's Republic of China in 1949, and in January of 1950, China joined with the Soviet Union to formally recognize the Communist Democratic Republic of Vietnam. During the Cold War, the U.S. practiced a policy of containment, as in to contain where communism was and do not let more countries fall under the influence. I mean, we can sit there and point fingers at what happened in South America whenever there was any form of socialism and communism that was springing up. The U.S. absolutely stepped in and would back different rebellions, back different fascist leaders, especially if it had anything to do with the U.S.'s bottom line when it came to capitalism. President Harry S. Truman's Truman Doctrine pledged political, military, and economic assistance to democratic nations facing threats from communist forces. His successor, President Dwight Eisenhower, put forth the domino theory that a communist victory in Vietnam would create a domino effect in Southeast Asia, and therefore must be prevented at all costs. Because of having this theory, and by having a doctrine in place, it absolutely opened the door for the U.S. to get involved in Vietnam before that election could take place and go ahead and put military leaders over there to help train the South Vietnamese armies and just kind of like be in the presence over there. They'd already had a presence in Japan um, post-World War II since Japan no longer was allowed to have that army. And they were like, hey, we're already kind of over here. So it was not like it was nothing more than like a hop, skip and a jump away from Japan and from those bases that they were then starting to build in Japan post-World War II. And after the loss in Korea, where we now have that division of North and South, North being communist rule, South being that little democratic state, granted, without that, we would never probably have K-pop. So think about that. If we didn't have the Korean War, we wouldn't have K-pop. Anyways, that if you didn't have the dominoes falling, um, and we had not, in a sense, lost... Korea and Korea stayed as one state and it was a democratic state versus having the communist leaders in the north and, you know, and having more of that democratically elected state or republic in the south, there probably would have been less push for Vietnam. Maybe not necessarily like less of a push, but there probably would have been less fear and the snowball, huge snowball effect that did come after the Geneva Accords in 1954. And so I wasn't, my, my goal was today was not to talk whatsoever about the conflict because many, you know, think of the Vietnam War during JFK, Johnson, and Nixon's presidency. It really belongs in the lead up and promises of not allowing communism to spread. And while it was a Tonkin resolution that brought full on military involvement in Vietnam um, and lasting over three presidencies, basically. It really started by basically the U.S. wanting to be involved in trying to suppress communism because it was not what we were at the time. And we're still not. We're not a communist country. We're never going to be anywhere near a communist country. But looking at the lead up um, to the Vietnam War and basically the other and thinking that, look how horrible the Russians are. And while we sit there and call Russians communists, I, I mean communists on paper, but they didn't really enact it as a communism. Like communism looks great, great on paper. You basically live in a commune. Everybody's happy. No taxes. Everybody pays the same thing. It's great. However, you can't, that, that's not really a sustainable thing outside of like a small village. Um, and I think what Russia did and, and then also China 
with the backlash once the communist leaders became a party, that that was kind of a fear for Americans was the spread of having more countries do that. But granted, there was no reason for America to get involved. Nothing. It's not, that was not in our backyard, number one. Number two, it's not America. Number three, we had no involvement and we had no real stake other than, oh man, there's another communist country that might be happening. Oh, clutch our pearls. Like that world police term that is, you know, used with America can also be attributed to the U.S. presence in Korea and ultimately Vietnam and how they left both without officially winning. Um, we straight up lost Vietnam. We, which, I mean, they were reunited. Um, those flights out from Vietnam, those photos of people that had been allies to the U.S. government during that time is very reminiscent of present day whenever we left Afghanistan and how it was kind of like, we're pulling the plug <laughs> and trying to take those that you knew were going to be basically murdered or tortured and murdered. And whatever, you know, not nice things happening to them that didn't just allow them to exist. Like those things happening in Afghanistan is very reminiscent of what happened in Vietnam. And we we knew. I feel we very much so repeat a lot of what we do in the U.S., um, especially with military. And if you fallen along, you knew it was going to happen because we had relied so much on what was happening there. And we had such a horrible way of trying to bring people. And we also don't know how to leave. And we had a horrible way of bringing people to the U.S. after helping U.S. citizens and helping the U.S. government. Um, so what led to the Vietnam War? It's France. It's France's fault. They they were greedy. They were assholes. And it's France's fault we have Vietnam War. And then it was the U.S. fault for being scared of communism and being world police that we decided to stick our foot more into it. But France basically said, hey, you want to see a dead body? And instead of being like, nah, like it's cool that there's a dead body, but... We'll leave it. We went and saw the dead body and realized that it wasn't necessarily dead. But then, like, France ran away. And then, like, the police showed up. And we're like, oh, shit. This person's, like, maybe not dead. Maybe dead. Anyways, that's how I'm going to look at it. So hopefully this was, like, a nice little precursor. Um, if you were ever wondering why we were in Vietnam, as opposed to just being, like, we're world police. We have to go and stop the communist spreading. Honestly, it's because there was a vacuum that was created by, you know, France having um, French Indochina falling. And then, you know, you also have Japan in there and the fact that the Vietnamese absolutely could rule themselves, but we don't let people just rule themselves even though they should. It's like a theme in history. Only, only certain people are allowed to rule others. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode of But Have You Heard About? Again, I'm your host, Courtney. I hope you learned something new. Hope you enjoyed it. If you ever have any wonderful topics that you would like to suggest, let me know. I'd be more than happy to research it, throw some Courtneyisms up in there, and do all the fun stuff. So obviously, if you are listening to this and you need to like write a history research paper, you should reach out to your girl on all the socials. I'll do whatever. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye! <laughs>